In this episode of the Exploring Information Security Podcast, how to find time for your home lab. Welcome to the Exploring Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I am your host, Timothy D. Block, and in this episode, we will be exploring how to find time for your home lab. And with me, again, to discuss home labs is Mr. Chris Madalena of eCentire. Chris. I'm back. How are you? Yes, you're back. Good. So soon. Good. How's it so going, Tim? Uh, we actually didn't expect to do it so soon, <laughs> uh, but we, we we got like a we got a great question on Twitter. So if, and if you have a question about home labs, uh, be sure to shoot us on Twitter. I'm at Timothy D Block and Chris is at C Madalena M A D D A L E N A. I got to get that right this time because I think the last time I tweeted out uh, the last episode, I got the wrong person. <laughs> it was some woman named Christine. It's C. Maddie. Um, <laughs> yeah, C. Well, that's, she that's, has that's my your display name. Yes, she has your handle, but 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 you know what's funny is that she's uh, she's from Canada, so you know she I'm is. from Canada. So it was just it was a little weird, but anyways, uh, she hadn't tweeted it since like 2013, so I think we're good as far as the mentions go. <laughs> uh, so, but we got a great question from her iPhone. She's really confused. <laughs> God, she signed in. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so we got a great question from, and I'm I'm sorry if I butcher your name. It's it's Tyler Niermeyer. I think that's right. Uh, he asked after listening to the, the last episode on how to build a home lab. Um, he says he's done it in the past, but but has very little time to play. So how do you make time to do that? Yeah, so that was it was kind of a hard question for me to answer because uh, I, I know what he was getting at, um, and uh, the the question I or the answer I ultimately gave him was that I make it a priority. Uh, and other things, I kind of find time for other things around the lab work that I do. Uh, and, and I know he responded by asking, so I, do I consider it part of my job? And in a way I do, uh, because of what I do, which since I think we've mentioned in previous episodes, but haven't in this episode, uh, I do, uh, like penetration testing, vulnerability assessments, uh, I do security awareness training, I, and just being in information security in general, uh, I think it's very important that we continue to learn. It's you have to keep up with the industry, you have to keep up with what's going on. Uh, a lot of the infor- uh, a lot of the information and uh, facts and knowledge that we have uh, become old very quickly. So working on the labs and various projects uh, keeps me up to date and gives me a better understanding of a lot of that material. So it's it's important for me to stay up on that. So it does become kind of part of my job. So it, it really is a priority for me, and that's how I find time. So I know his other question was was how do I find time during the day and or just at any other time? And he asked, do I specifically do it in the evenings and, and weekends? That's where I do a lot of the work. If I have a really big project, um, like you know, recently I. I went through and ripped up a, a lot of my networking in the house and replaced some switches, things like that. That's that's often weekend work, uh, and you know CTFs, things like that, are for conferences and and weekends and evenings. Uh, but there are also you know there are are often uh, training opportunities that come out of these. Uh, so if I'm uh, working on something that might be directly related to an assessment, like trying out uh, a new tool. 
uh, or you know, following along with with some training. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely do that during the day if I have the time, uh, because that's something that does contribute back to my job, and you know, does does help me in the day to day to keep up on that, uh, and might help me with engagements. So that that is how I find a lot of the time is you know the more for fun projects I do on the weekends, but uh, if it does have a, a direct impact on you know my skill set, and I'm actually going to learn something from it. Uh, which could also be said for the bigger projects, but if I can fit it in between meetings or if I have some downtime during the day, uh, I think it's a totally good productive use of my time. So yeah, so getting manager approval or you know, like you said, working towards a project would be one di- one way to get a lab set up. And, and I, I hesitate to call it like a home lab because I mean we're we're talking about home labs for getting getting people, but you know if you can get management approval for something like that, I think that's that's one way that that, that you can answer this question of how you get uh, to find time for a home lab. So for, yeah, for, I think this this opens up the question too of. Uh, and we touched on this a little bit sort of in, in, in part one of this conversation of what is a home lab and, and what, what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. And we noted there that there, there's so much you can do. Uh, and yeah, there are, there's lab work that it's just kind of like, I'm going to, I don't know, I, I, I have some malware. I'm going to see what the malware is doing. You know, I'm going to do some reverse engineering or you're just going to do some kind of research on your own, um, stuff like that. But there's also lab work that can actually be, um, much different than that. We are actually trying out skills. Uh, you're actually trying out new tools, uh, or just, um, in some cases doing actual work with it where you might be trying to, uh, reproduce different scenarios, uh, that you're seeing in an actual environment to see how they react and you make changes to it. There's a lot of different ways you can look at a lab, uh, in some cases might actually be directly applicable to your job. Um, so you may have an opportunity to go to your manager and say, hey, uh, I would like to re- you know, dedicate some of my time during the day to running simulations with these VMs, you know, kind of having a lab at work where you can say, I'm going to set up a virtual version of part of our environment uh, or something like that so I can try things on it, see how things respond, learn from that. So then we also know what might happen if we make those changes in our production environment. So I think there's more to a lab than just um, kind of the science fair, you know, playground. I, I think some <laughs> people think of, you know, when they think right. home lab of, uh, oh, it's just it's a virtual you know, virtual machines I screw around with. You can actually do real work with the lab as well. Right. No. And and yeah, so absolutely. Um, though the way I do it is I, I have to uh, yeah, like you said, you make it a priority. Um, so if there's something I want to learn, that's, that's gotta be a priority and that, that, you know, that sometimes overtakes some of the other stuff I do, like, like playing video games or, uh, watching a TV show or something. I, I, I make some time. I don't, I don't block out an entire evening. Uh, I'll do it for, you know, I'll just do it for an hour or two. So, I mean, that, that cuts out two hours of TV time or gaming time, but I can still get in like a half an hour, an hour of gaming time. Um, so, you know, and I don't do it all nights of the week. I I think there is, when you're thinking about a home lab, you feel like you have to do it every night, but you don't, I mean, you can, you can do You can pick one night a week or you could do it the other way where you do, okay, I'm going to mess with this for an hour each night. Uh, or I don't know, there's, there's whatever fits into, uh, the schedule the best. Um, and I don't think you need to, if you have a home lab, you need to spend act. It doesn't have to be like a part-time job where you're spending 20 hours a week 
just playing in your lab. I mean, it, obviously, the more is better, and it's going to get you some some valuable uh, learning opportunities. But you know, it, it 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 can be just an hour a week, and even just an hour a week will will just help you out tremendously. Yeah, it's it doesn't have to be like you said a part time job. Um, even the mo- like the most extreme version of I would say uh, of like taking the home lab to that extent would be if you're going through something like uh, the pen testing with Cali Linux course for the OSCP certification, that sort of thing. Uh, when I was going through that, uh, that was a time where I dedicated two to three hours a night to lab work, uh, which was, you know, going into their, you know, the offensive security lab and, you know, pounding away on some machines and trying to learn some stuff and getting through exercises and, and doing that sort of thing that almost did kind of become a part-time job. Uh, and, for a lot of that, I was having a, a great deal of fun, but it is really exhausting too, and it mm-hmm. is hard time. It is hard to find the time for that. I had to very carefully pick a moment uh, where I had a couple of months where I could do that. Uh, you know, two to three hours a night, you know, four or five days a week, and and it was a lot. Uh, but yeah, like, like you said, if you just have an hour a week uh, where you sit, you know, say two hours on a Thursday night, you sit down and. You, you work through some exercises out of, you know, or you uh, you start, you read a bit, you read a couple of chapters of the web application hacker's handbook, and you try out some of the things you're reading about. Mm-hmm. You, you'll learn a lot, and yeah, you won't be, especially especially with that book, an example, that thing is huge. You won't be, you know, whipping through that book and, uh, and absorbing everything super quick, but you will eventually get to the end of that book, and you'll have actual experience using some of that knowledge uh, a lot quicker than you think and without, you know, really tiring yourself, uh, in the process. Yeah. I like that. You also mentioned CTFs, uh, because a lot of these security conferences that are just like on a Saturday, a lot of them do CTFs and you can go, you know, you know, a lot of, some people compete in that, like the entire time. I know when I went to DerbyCon, there was someone like, that's all they did the entire DerbyCon. They didn't go hang out with people. They ate, slept and played the CTF. Because uh, that competitive, but you could do, you know, you could spend a couple hours there, and, and that kind of goes back to what's our definition of a home lab. Um, you know, some of this stuff, some of these competitions are against each other, but there's also ones mm-hmm. where they give you like a laptop or they give you something to download, and then you just go pound pound away at it yourself, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's an opportunity. And you know, you can get really creative too. I think with it as well is that you know you got a, an hour lunch break if you bring your laptop, like we talked about. You don't need a whole lot of hardware, but if you have if you have some hardware, you could take your laptop to work and spend an hour at lunch, uh, just having a little fun poking at something. Um, like I said, maybe, maybe that opens up an opportunity to if your boss is see you doing that at lunch, you say, well, here, you know, uh, why don't you take an hour at the end of the day instead of you know doing this type of work? Take take an hour each day and and uh, focus on this because it does give them. You know, one, it shows that you're taking time to actually trying to improve your craft and hone your skills. And if they see that they're doing it on your off time, maybe they want you to do that on your current time. Um, that That's obviously going to depend, too. Some people just don't <laughs> take notice of that. But, you know, it, it does show some initiative on that. I know I know uh, people will go on lunch breaks and they'll watch a webinar. Well, you could, like I said, you could be doing mm-hmm. that with a, with a home lab or something. Yeah, definitely. There's uh, and you do raise a really good point. There's a couple of uh, you know CTFs that I've seen that are like you said, you just download it, um, and or, or at least that's how the you know the CTF might start if it's a kind of a multi-month thing or you know with different phases. 
uh, like to, I want, I could be wrong on this, but I think the DerbyCon uh, scavenger hunt or, or the CTF they do that thing starts off as a as a VM you can attack. Uh, oh no, no, sorry, I'm I'm thinking of um, Rut CTF that uh, the Michigan Security Group does, and they, they they participate in. You can download even that starts off. Uh, there's a big CTF event, but that starts off with a VM you download and you kind of hack away on it, and you get that a couple of months ahead of time. Uh, and a designated date, it's available for everyone to download. You can start working on it along with everyone else. So, like, even in that situation where you might maybe, maybe you're not actually going to be in the CTF itself or you can't make it, you can still have, you can still join a team or help out a team by playing with that on the side. You get some experience with it. You can kick over some ideas, things you found to the actual team that'll be there and still sort of participate, uh, but never leave your home. Uh, so there are you know- options like that. Right. Yeah. And besides Augusta, I know it was the same way. They You didn't even need to bring a laptop. They'd give you a laptop and you could do the same thing where they gave you like a disk to uh, load up and just start uh, poking and pen testing stuff uh, right then and there. And so, and I, you know, a lot of these CTFs want to get new people into them involved. So there's, you know, a less pressure, less pressure situation like that than having to go compete instantly against all these people that have been playing CTS for years and years. So, uh, there's plenty and, of opportunities out there. And the the other example you brought up, too, where just the, the people that sometimes go to, say, DerbyCon, and it's just all four days, it's, they're in that room with their laptop working on the CTF, and that's what they're doing. Presumably, they're having fun, and that's right. what they want to do. So, yeah, you know, we can say, oh, you're missing out. You're not talking to people. You're not going to the talks. You're not you know, going right. to the parties. Uh, but, you know, that's what they're having fun. So as far as finding time, you know, in this example, they found time at the conference to work on that CTF. They said, this is, this is my number one priority. This is a priority Unless there's yep. something that's going to take priority over it, I'm going to be in this room working on this. Uh, and for you, you might not enjoy the CTF that much. You might be not you know, unsure that you might have talks that are higher priority that you get to, or maybe talking to people is more important to you. Just somewhere in your list, that CTF is, you make it a priority and you go and you visit it. Uh, to give another example, a, a friend of mine um, went to DEF CON last year, and she ended up spending most of the time at DEF CON in the uh, ICS village because she saw this really cool little mini kit that uh, um, was, were two little stoplights that you could kind of hack on and mess with and just like you were actually um, attacking a uh, real, real controls for a stoplight. And she was really enthralled with that village and the things that was going on. She just ended up spending her whole time in Vegas uh, in the ICS village working on that and learning stuff. And she just had fun doing it. She didn't set out to do that. Uh, That's just how she ended up spending her time. She made that a priority. Uh, And that, like I said, that might not be your priority, but that's okay. If you spend at least a little bit of time, you know, working on the CTF, talk to some people, you can still learn a lot. Uh, or I think we mentioned in part one, you can go afterwards to the people that once the CTF is over, don't bother them while they're working on it because they'll probably just get annoyed. But go find them afterwards because they're if that was their priority, they're not doing anything anymore. They're done. Right. Now they're going to go socialize. You can go ask them, you know, hey, well, what ended up happening uh, now that all their flags have been submitted and it's over and they're waiting for the you know their award ceremony or whatever might come from it. They'll probably be more than happy to tell you, oh, yeah, I know, here's, here's how, how we found our way in or here's how we got that flag. You can just talk to them. Uh, and then those CTFs might be available to, you know, for download later on or 
Uh, in some cases, some of the conferences use sort of like CTF frameworks that are always available online. It's just they, you know, grab the VMs or maybe it's all hosted somewhere. And um, I know the pros versus Joe's um, CTF is you, you just set it up with the the guy that runs it. He gives you VPN access and an account and you just VPN into his little network where the CTF is, is held. Uh, you might be able to talk to those people and say, hey, you need to get to participate at DerbyCon. Uh, but I talked to some people. It sounded really cool. I wanted to check it out. They might give you access or tell you where you can download the VMs and you can check it out on your own time. Right. So, I mean, you know, you can kind of use CT, you know, conferences or events. Uh, there's a lot of holidays. So there's the Easter Hack Challenge. There's the Sands Holiday Hack Challenge, which happens around Christmas time. You know, there's all these specific events that you could you could plan out ahead of time, participate in that, and that you know that counts. And then not participate in something for like a month or wait until the next security conference. So it doesn't all have to be at once. It doesn't it doesn't have to be regular. I guess you know it, it's it's kind yeah, of don't what. Force it. Don't right. I mean don't sometimes force there's just either, yeah. not, sometimes there's just nothing to do. You're not going to get anything right. out of it if you don't want to do it. Because <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, I mean, once we have the home lab set up, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, it's it'll it'll right. sit there. It'll you know it's going to take up like a hundred gigs on your laptop or something. But you probably won't notice it. You don't have to touch. You don't have to do anything with it. Um, and then, but it's there. Should something come up that you want to try out? Right. And I, you know, I. I'll be honest. I haven't touched my home lab in in, in a while, <laughs> um, you know. And, and so it, it goes. It kind of ebbs and flows as far as when I need to learn something and I want to get better at something. I like like we've talked about making it a priority. At that point, I will you know stop drop writing uh, as much as I do, or you know spend a little less time playing video games, or, or spend a little bit less time reading, or you know watching a Netflix or something and, and I will make the home lab cause I really want to learn it uh, and get better at it. That priority for a little bit. And then, you know, I'll, uh, uh, once I've, uh, I don't know if I want to say I ever mastered it, but you know, it, it, once I feel like I've got that concept and can, can apply it to work, I'll go, go back there and either move on to the next thing or, uh, wait until my next challenge. Cause maybe, you know, I'm not just constantly, just randomly picking something. A lot of times I pick it because I feel like I need to get better at something. Um, and, you know, and then there's other times where, you know, we talk about burnout a lot. You can burn yourself out on a home lab. So you need to, like like Chris said, you don't need to, to be doing it every day and be exhausted about it. You don't need to spend three hours a day just because, you know, other people are doing it. Some people find that fun. Like that's, that's their fun. Yeah. And I do enjoy, you know, going in there and learning because that's the best way I learn. But like Chris said, it's also, you know, you can get really, really tiring when you're doing it for a certification or you're doing it for work. Even though it doesn't necessarily feel like work, it's still using a lot of brain power because these are complicated and complex ideas that we're trying to embed and kind of hone. So there are some times when you just need to go pull up Expendables on Netflix and go watch mm -hmm. uh, an action movie that's just dumbed down. So, you know, I, I, I think, you know, it, what works best for you, but making it a priority is, I think, our ultimate message here. Yeah, definitely looking for balance. Uh, and if you can't think of a reason you want to be doing a lab, you don't need to be doing it. And mm -hmm. actually, to give a, a good give an example that uh, kind of ties into what we started, at the, you know, talked about at the beginning, uh, as well as this is I, I didn't touch my home lab for 
yeah, for, for a while, because I just really didn't have anything that I wanted to do in it. Uh, and a couple of the things that I wanted to be doing were going to take too much time, and I just didn't have the time for it, and they weren't a priority right now. Uh, but then just recently, I had a I had an idea for, for some training I want to do. Uh, I'm going to be giving the training, and I said, you know, I want to spice up this presentation a little bit uh, with some demos, and I had some ideas. I talked to some friends. They pointed me towards some virtual machines that were set up for for certain scenarios for attacking them. And I said, all right, sweet. I downloaded them. I installed them. And and that's a situation where, yeah, like during sort of like work hours, I've been doing a lot of, quote, lab work uh, for work, you know, just trying out these attacks, figuring out how I can script the demos to make sure they work exactly as I want them every time I give that demo. Uh, you know, I think eventually I'm going to have to record myself doing it just in case, you know, to plan for any technical difficulties during the presentation. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of lab work, uh, you know, sort of during my work hours uh, for work. And as a result, I don't want to do any more lab work at the end of the day or on a weekend. So I don't. Right, right. right. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, it's... Uh, the, the, the lab can be a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. All right, so I think we've thoroughly covered this topic. Uh, we're a little bit longer than I saw it, probably about 10 minutes past how long I thought we'd, we'd take to answer this question, but I think we've we've answered it pretty well. So I think, uh, I think that's a good point to, to end there. Thanks, Chris. Uh, and I, I, again, we'll be looking to do more of these. So if you have a question that you want us to answer about a home lab, we will be... We would love to hop on the podcast recording equipment and uh, and get that recorded. Definitely. And that will do it. Hopefully you learned something. If you didn't, drop me a line on Twitter at Timothy D. Block. That's D-E-B-L-O-C-K. Or email me at timothy.dblock at gmail.com. Let me know what you didn't learn and we'll cover it in a future podcast. Show notes can be found at timothydblock.com forward slash EIS. If you enjoyed the show, share it with others and rate it on iTunes. If you'd like to donate to the show, check out my Patreon page at P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash E-I-S. Have a good one.